reading this morning is from Acts 2, 1 through 21. It's the story of Pentecost. And there's a, a group of men talking in their native tongues, and the crowd is hearing in their native tongue. Today you're going to get Larry's. <clears throat> so when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now they were all devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in their native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galilean? And how is it that we hear each of them in their own language? Parthians, Menzies, Elamites, and the res residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadonia, Pontus, Asia, Pyria, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own langu language, we hear them speaking about God's deed of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judah and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions of your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in these days will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Larry. Next time Larry signs up to read scripture, he's going to say, what's the text? <laughs> Let me look at that text. <laughs> you got a doozy there, Larry. <laughs> Well, I wonder if you uh, agree with me that it takes a long time to get to know somebody, uh, specifically their character, you know, what they're like, what motivates them, maybe their goals, their values. And it's obvious that it's helpful in getting to know someone through having a common bond with that person. Would you agree with that? I can think of times where I worked with other men on the golf course at, uh, the, at Giants Ridge where I did my internships, two internships over two summers. Over those summers, we were super close. We spent all of our time together, and we had the common bond of living there and working. Mostly that's all we did was work on the golf course. And, and then other golf courses I worked at, that became the bond that I shared with my uh, coworkers and then old friends who also worked on the golf course. Uh, I remember my roommate during that, during that time from Giants Ridge we both kept working on golf courses, and so after we left that time, we would 
uh, call one another and say, what's your golf course like? Right? That was our common bond, and so it helped us to stay in touch. There are other examples of common bonds that we can share. There are spaces where we live life together and slowly get to know the people in our lives. What they're about, what motivates them, what their values are. Can you think of any other examples? Maybe a sports team, you know, when you're on a sports team with someone. Maybe in your workplace. Maybe some club like uh, Masons or Kiwanis or Lions Club, something like that. Some common bond that helps you to create space to get to know one another. I'd say the most interesting and powerful place that I've gotten to know people is within the life of the church and more specifically within small group. The first one that I ever attended was in 2008 where I witnessed and experienced things that I had never seen before anywhere else in my life. People were gathered in the living room of one of the church members of that church in Lake City and they watched a video about a particular passage of Scripture and then some other pastor's interpretation of it and explanation about it. And then they talked about it together afterwards and they shared their hearts and they prayed for one another. And it wasn't, so it wasn't the entire church, but it was a group of believers who were committed to getting to know each other through their pursuit of getting to know Jesus more deeply. It was incredible, and this was the space that made me curious, that really generated a sense of curiosity about who, who is God really? Who is God really, and what does God do? How does God work in our lives? This was really the, the pivotal moment that, got me, that sent me in that direction. And I was able to come to know the Lord more uh, while also getting to know these followers of Jesus. And we created powerful bonds together. I can honestly, I can remember almost every last detail of that first meeting because this experience was a catalyst for Jesus changing my life. I can even remember somebody uh, putting their hand on me because they were in disbelief that I was there. (laughs) A young man in in a room full of um, much older people, and they, she, put, she put her hand on me, and then someone prayed for me for the first time in my life at the end of that meeting. It was a powerful experience. Friends, our Lord, the Lord, is unique among other gods, lowercase gods, because God has chosen to reveal Himself and God's purposes throughout the world. This is what we see in the Bible, first selectively through Abraham, and then increasing in scope with the responsibility to God's people of revealing God to the nations. Many encounters are are present through Scripture where God makes Himself known, but there are some that really stand out. So, of course, Adam and Eve in the garden. God's, God's intention was to be united with humankind, for humans to know God completely and to walk with Him. But sin, then in the garden, drove a wedge between God and humanity. Now, there are some exceptions. So, uh, during Noah's time, uh, it was, uh, the world was corrupt. But Noah, we're told, found favor in God's sight and walked with God. Noah actually walked with God. And God spoke to Abraham and started a new movement in history. He said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Hundreds of years later, we come to Moses. While Moses is out in the wilderness hiding from the consequences of his actions in Egypt, the Lord speaks to him from the burning bush. Hard to even imagine. It's like a miracle. And he declares to Moses who the Lord is and what the Lord is about. He says to Moses, I am the God of your father. Later, amazingly, the Lord reveals his own character to Moses. In Exodus chapter 34, they had spent a lot of time together by this point. The Lord passes before Moses and 
and says, I am the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation. So these are just a handful of the ways, the most significant ways that God demonstrates that He desires to be known by humanity, both in character and in purpose. And it's in the person of Jesus that we see the purpose and character of God are meshed into one person, into one person through example and proclamation. We read, and the Word of God, the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. It's a continuation of God's efforts to be known by humanity. And friends, through knowing Jesus, we can know God the Father, which is what Jesus says as well. And we can know God's character. We can know that Jesus' words that He says in Matthew chapter 28 are true when He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls with me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It sounds like there's some similarities, doesn't it, between uh, Exodus chapter 34 when God reveals himself to Moses saying, this is, who, this is who I am, this is my character, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And through Jesus' life, ministry, death and resurrection, they are all witness of the character and purpose of God. Within Jesus' ministry, He promises a continuation of a way for God's God's people to know God's character and purposes through the Holy Spirit. What a promise. What a gift. And so Pentecost becomes the climax of God's missional purpose to be known by humanity. As we see, this is God's intention throughout all of the Bible, to be known by humanity. The disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and given great boldness and ability and an awareness that Christ lives in them and they are therefore united together as one. And friends, what I want to tell you today is that as followers of Christ, we know the Lord. We know the Lord because the Spirit of the Lord lives within us. And we're given then the responsibility of continuing the purpose of God Making God known to all persons. That becomes God's purpose to be known becomes our purpose to make God known. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, after, uh, after, before He's about to ascend into heaven, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing God, friends, this is our common bond. This is our common bond. That the Holy Spirit of God lives in us, enabling us to know the character of God. Enabling us to know the will of God. What is God's will? What does God want for our lives? In making God known to the people in our lives. The different common bonds that we have with other people, maybe you've noticed this, they fade. They fade quickly. As soon as I was done at, in the golf course industry, I lost touch with all those friends because what do we have to talk about? Just being honest, uh, they're not interested in anything I have to say about the church. <laughs> that was a different life we lived together. You know, and, that, and that's okay. That's what happens in life. Maybe some deep bonds of friendship that you had with people uh, when you were in high school or college or on a sports team or in a club. You know, they're really 
strong bonds, but they fade. It gets harder and harder uh, to keep those bonds close. It's not personal. It's just how life works. But the common bond in, in the church is the Holy Spirit. That's what unites us all. And this is a different bond than any other that we could experience. Through it, we learn about who God is and what God is about. And we learn about each other as we see God working through one another. When we pursue Jesus together and are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are united as the body of Christ forever. And friends, this common bond that we share, it doesn't go away. It doesn't change so long as we continue to pursue Christ on our own and then as often as we can together, that bond doesn't go away. If I were to call you in 10 years like I've done with some of my friends in the past, I would say, what's God doing in your life? How are you sensing the work of the Holy Spirit? What has God convicted you of lately? Or how has God answered your prayers? How is God showing you grace in life now? How is the Spirit shaping you to be more like Jesus? I know that when I call some of those friends from Lake City who some were part of that specific small group and some were part of the Walk to Emmaus retreat, which uh, many of you have gone on, or other small groups that I've been a part of, the ones that I'm still in touch with, that's what we talk about. This is what the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was reading the Bible. Or this is what happened when I was serving in this particular way. It's the Spirit that's our bond. We have nothing else. We literally have nothing else in common. <laughs> a lot of those friends are much, much older than me. But it's the Spirit that's our bond. And that bond is the same type of bond that is possible with each one of us together. Here and now. For the future. That can be our story as we move forward. and say, Remember what the Spirit did in that small group? Or through that difficult time? Remember what the Spirit did through that breakthrough or when we tried that new way of, of serving, of serving our community? So may we, friends, during these most interesting times that we find ourselves in, may we live by the Spirit, as the Apostle Paul says, which living by the Spirit means like some practical things, like being in small group with one another, times of fellowship where we have meals, where we share meals together, where we... Uh, do things together, where we serve the community together, where we pray for each other during the joys and the struggles. And we make all the small choices of surrender each day which show Jesus, which show Jesus, not anybody else, but show Jesus that He is the Lord of our lives. That's evidence of, uh, evidence of such a life that uh, these actions are what's called the fruit of the Spirit. They generate fruit of the Spirit within us. Joy, love, peace, hope, patience, kindness, generosity. Friends, may these fruits remind us that God is in our midst. Sometimes we don't know what He's doing, but God is in our midst. And we can get to know Jesus as we follow Him with one another, encouraging and supporting one another through the ups and downs of the journey. And in doing so, we, we, are making God known to the people in our lives. Not just me, also you, Larry Norman. Also you, Brian. We are making God known in our community and in our workplaces and our families. Anywhere that the Lord would have us go. Through living by the Spirit as a church, we can experience unity as we pursue Christ in a world that looks for reasons to be divided. Look for reasons to be divided. 
We can support one another because our common bond is an eternal bond and it is the most powerful bond that we could ever experience in this life. The Spirit of Jesus Christ lives in you and I as we follow Jesus together. The time and space that we spend giving intentional effort to studying or praying or laughing and serving together becomes an opportunity for us to get to know the character and purposes of God. And in the process, our pursuit of Christ brings us closer to one another, forming bonds that can last our lifetimes and into eternity. I'd say the gift of the Holy Spirit is one worth having a day to celebrate. Amen.